0: Let me ask you this one quick question. Has anyone ever asked you, or rather told you, that you just need Plan A and you don't need to think about anything else except that Plan A? Of course you have. Everyone that I know has been told that, including myself. But today's guest is going to tell you otherwise. Let's find out why having a Plan B option is profitable is successful for you and your business. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a ten x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to markkumar.com forward slash gift. Once again, the URL is markkumar.com forward slash gift. And in there, I have something that I really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster. Now, back to your episode. Hello everybody, this is Mark Kumar, your lifestyle entrepreneur. I have my dear friend Rajiv here with you, who is going to help you, or more importantly, give you very specific tips and secrets that you can utilize in your business. That way you can take your business from level zero to 100 or whichever level you wanna take it. He's gonna share some secrets with you. So Rajiv, welcome to my show. I truly appreciate you being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure being on your show. Well, a little bit about myself. I've uh, been in the healthcare industry for the last 20 plus years. Um, and besides that, uh, obviously dabbled in some entrepreneurial ventures. I started my journey being a direct marketer going door to door for about a year and a half uh, before I launched a direct marketing company, grew it to about 300 associates, 12 locations, then got involved in technology uh, in the mid 90s when it was hot and heavy uh, back in India, then found my way to the US as a student 20 years ago almost, yeah, it's going to be, it's 20 years this year, actually. So 20 years ago, and um, you know, I have been working on a career here pretty much, and then recently launched my podcast. And how I kind of got to that was I wanted to make sure that I spent some time uh, basically distilling from my own experiences and expertise, where I could record that in some fashion, and leave it for posterity. And that's how I got involved in Podcasting. So, I have a podcast called Plan B Success, um, and it's about Plan B. So a lot of people uh, think that uh, you should never have a Plan B, focus on your Plan A kind of a thing. I'm a little different from that standpoint. I believe everybody gets to a Plan B in order to find their success. And other than that, I actually uh, run a couple of courses. I coach people in finding themselves, you know, who they are truly. And I have a program for that, it's called the Plan B Success Reveal program, where I spend time with people in terms of unraveling personal clarity for them as to who they really are and what they truly desire in their lives. And then after that would be the planning and the creation of a blueprint for execution in terms of what they want to go after. So that's my signature course that I have. Other than that, there's other things that I do in terms of teaching people how to podcast, how to grow their podcast, how to monetize it on the professional end of things. I teach people on career progression, how to get into the C-suite, how to make sure that they use their uh, career ladder for their own benefits, for their own success there's things that I do in terms of dabbling on the technology side, teaching people project management, business analysis as well.
0: Wow, that is a great opening. <laughs> if I do say so myself, that's a really great opening. and. What I want to start off with, like, I really want, I'm just curious, genuinely curious about your sales career. If you could share a little bit about that, like when you were doing this door to door sales things or in your sales career, how different was that compared to what you are doing now?
1: I think, you know, right out of my grad school back in India, while my fellow students were looking at getting into the next MNC, I was out there lugging a bag, uh, you know, carrying about a really heavy bag and going door to door throughout the day. And a lot of, you know, it was not very highly looked upon. A lot of my friends and family questioned it saying, hey, here you have, you've uh, taken an MBA and now you're going door to door. But to me, it was not about the education. To me, it was about practical knowledge out there in the field getting that experience for yourself you know it was not about getting behind the desk and trying to manage people doing it but going out there and doing it yourself and I was pretty intrigued by it you know this was uh, at a time when India was opening up to foreign companies coming in so there was this Canadian company that came into India and they brought along with them several imported toys kitchenware consumer durables And they had this program as to how they taught you how to go door to door. And they had this whole pitch design where they said, two minutes, you got to get in the door, you got to greet the person, you got to do your pitch, try to close the sale, and then you walk out. And then you have to do that 300 times a day. And if you do 300 times a day, you're bound to get about a 10% success rate. So about 30 products or 30 yeses you would get. So that's what I learned there. Um, my day one wasn't great. You know, I had a, an American coach, uh, who I shadowed the first day. Second day I show up at the office early in the morning and they had this whole program around the, the whole raw, raw kind of an attitude right in the morning, shouting, dancing, jumping, and then you go out totally pumped up. And I did go out with my bag and by around eight o'clock, I started in the morning and by 12, I had gotten a lot of nose, and, you know, people don't, uh, people, there were some people that were very rude. And uh, around 12-ish, what happened was one of the people just slammed the door on my face. And that was it. You know, I took it very personally. I was totally dejected. I got back to my uh, office. I dropped the bag and I said, no, that's it. I can't do this. This is not for me. And then my coach sat me down and he basically gave me a bottle of water, said, hey, drink some water up. And then he said, Listen, I'm not going to pity you or cajole you or do anything with you like that. It's up to you, you know, you decide what you want to do. Either you can pick up that bag and go out the door and start knocking doors again, knowing that you'll get a lot of no's and dust it off. Don't take it personally. Every no you get, just dust it off and move ahead with a smile. And that's what it's all about. And if you do that, he said, I guarantee you, you're going to get your yeses. Or you can just leave and don't never come back and you're history for me. So I sat there for two minutes thinking about what he said and uh, I don't know what happened, but I just picked up my bag and walked out again. And once I started doing that, I stuck to that. I went door to door for about a year and a half. And I built a team and I launched a franchisee office with them, I ran it for about a year and a half, very successful. And then the company did uh, did something different. What they did is they stopped importing their products and they started sourcing them domestically. Once they did that, then it clicked to me. Like, you know, I know, the, I know the process. I've learned how to sell. Why am I dependent on them? You know, why can't I source my own products? And then I separated out and I started my own direct marketing company. I ran it for about two years. I started from scratch. I grew it to about, Twelve locations, three hundred associates going door to door. Uh, did really well for myself, and this was a time when technology was taking off in India. And then I decided that, you know, I got a great deal. I sold the company, and then I got into technology. I joined a company as a technology consulting guy, and um, mostly on the on the business side of things, and helped them open up an exports division started sourcing technology consulting for, for uh, Pan-Asia, Middle East, that kind of stuff. And then the next best thing for me was, you know, I, I got out of college in India at a time when technology was just being embraced by colleges. So I missed out on it and I wanted to pick it up back again. So that's how I came to the U.S. as a student to take another MBA in information systems.
0: That's a great great information and the reason why i'm saying is because a lot of people who are in business they lack the very very thing that you got at a very early age which is sales like without sales you got no business you just have what i tell everybody is an expensive hobby that's going to bankrupt you in a matter of a time would you agree with that statement
1: absolutely i I totally agree i think that that training, that grounding, going door to door in the hot sun beating down on you and and being resilient to all those negatives. I think that was probably the best training I ever got in my life. I have three master's degrees. I have two MBAs and a master's in personal management. But if you ask me, where did I get my best education? It's lugging that bag door to door.
0: See, exactly, right? See, you, a lot of people, and I have nothing against the educational system whatsoever, but I feel like the one thing that they don't teach you is to actually how to sell, actually two things, how to sell and number two, how to speak human. Like people, like they don't wanna be talked down to or sold to, They like talk to somebody like it's your friend. But most importantly, above all skills, I feel sales is definitely on, on the top. You know, most people get like back down, like, hey, I want to ask for money. Or if I ask for money and they might reject it, then I'm going to feel insecure or I'm going to back down things of that nature. But, you know, like you learned, you go out and you speak to hundred people and you, if you make 30% of, 30% of that hundred people, you're going to make money. And that's all businesses making money in terms of like, you know, you want to grow financial wise, whatever. So definitely, I, I think... You have had the best education out there, like you said, you know, as far as the sales go. So which if let's say, for example, if somebody who's in a college right now mm-hmm. and they are thinking of earning extra money, what advice would you give that individual? Let's just call that individual Sean, just for simplicity's sake.
1: I think there's two things, right? One is discipline in life. Second is humility. These two things are, I think, key to anyone attracting success their way. And I say that for a reason. You know, that this whole debate about education, whether college education is needed or not, that's been going on for a long time and everybody has their own opinion. You know, I'm coming from India, coming from a culture that's highly competitive, where I couldn't dream of finishing college without a master's education at uh, at the time that I studied you know, that's what I did. And uh, I love studying. You know, I continue to uh, train and learn every single moment. And, uh, you know, it it tells, I went after three masters. The reason was I loved studying. But the thing is, there's a difference between theoretical study and then a practical application. You're absolutely right. But at the same time, your question about for a youngster who's looking at doing something and making some money on the side, that's great, you should do that because that's where you'll learn what real life is all about and you will make some money. But that's not, if, if you're studying today or if you're focused on something else in terms of building your future career, that's what you should focus on. A lot of people get derailed once they start seeing money in their hand. And it could be a couple of bucks, it could be you know a, a few hundred bucks in their hand. But once you start seeing that money, it's very easy for people to shift lanes And go after earning money. I believe that's a problem. I think that's that, you know, when it comes to teenagers or kids in their junior and senior years and go just ready to get into college, that's the piece of advice I would give them. If you want to go out, make money, nothing's stopping you, you should do it. And you should make money so that you can spend it on what you really want to spend on. Because until you earn a dollar you're not careful where you spend it. If it's your dad or mom giving you the money, you know, it's easy to spend. But if you have earned it, you're going to think twice about where you put that money. At the same time, that's, you know, you have a long career ahead of you. You have a long life ahead of you where you will rake in the real money. So just don't get distracted by the, Few dollars that you're making, taking a side job or you know working somewhere for a couple of hours that's important. Focus on what you want to do, what your goals are, and go after it and Of course, when it comes to education, if you're trying to become a doctor, you have to go to college you, there's no other way around it and you and you don't want to be a doctor without going to college. Nobody's going to come to you right so there's so there's that so have high goals for yourself and do that. pursue lifelong learning. And every time you learn something, look at how do you apply it. People can accrue all the knowledge in their head and never execute on it for a minute. And that's useless. So that's it's important that whatever you learn, you look at how do I apply it? How do I execute on it? And think on your feet. Think like a businessman. Think like the guy on the street. You know, get street smart about where you wanna spend your time and money and how you want to get a return on that investment.
0: I am so glad you said that and maybe you could shed some more light on it, but for a person who thinks, 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 think that person, let's just say Sean, is gonna think of like, I'm gonna do something one day, then I'm gonna do something the day after tomorrow and thinks, 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 they never takes action. Any specific advice would you give that individual to motivate him or inspire him to take action?
1: Absolutely. I think the greatest thing that you can do for yourself in your life, not just now, but throughout your career, you know, this this is a lifelong lesson. Learn to take decisions, learn to make decisions. It's not about whether it's a good decision or a bad decision. And it's not about procrastination either. I want to make sure that I come out successful from this. So I'm going to wait and think through it from 30 different angles before I act on it. That doesn't work nowadays, you know? You just have to act on it. So make a decision, whether it's good or bad, the results will tell. If it's bad, that's fine. You you go down a different path, but you can at least look back and say, I tried. And the more your number of tries, the more your chances of success. But if you sit on your hands and if you don't execute, if you don't even take that first step, you're never going to find that success, right? It's like lottery, right? You got to keep buying those tickets and hope that someday you hit it, right? But the thing is here, you have a better chance than the lottery. The more decisions you take in your life, the better off you are. So learn to take decisions quickly, swiftly, and with limited information that you have at hand. And if it doesn't go right, that's okay. Don't regret it and go on to do the next thing.
0: Man, I love that, I love that. Learn to take decisions, you know. That's probably, I've never heard it put it that way, but I absolutely love it. So as far as taking decisions goes, At what point or what triggered you to go from one business to another? What is the cause to say, hey, I'm doing this, but I now wanna try something else? Sure.
1: So let's let's look at my own uh, career graph. Like I said, right? I started off in the direct marketing side. I did really well for myself. My business was doing great. And then I got married. And then my wife just hated the hours. You know, I had to, I would um, get into my office at six o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't wind down until late at night. And she just hated it. And she's like, you know, this is not working out. And then I'm like, okay, I got to do something. And, um, you know, technology was booming at the time, at that point, And I could see that the next opportunity was within technology. And it was very clear that that's the way to go. Now we are in a totally different zone. Now, you know, I probably held my first computer after, uh, during my master's, you know, my, my kids are, you know, the day they are born, they've got something that they can play with, right. An iPad and all. And so it's weird to live in a different world now, but back then when technology just started picking up, you could see that that was the next thing. So that was one of the turning points where I said, okay, I have built a business I've done really well for myself and at the height of it, it's time to divest and move on. So that's what we did. And then, You know, I spent some time dabbling in technology and then I told myself, I got to go to school and get educated on technology because all the stuff that I'm doing on the side learning by myself is great. But, you know, if I want to get a proper job, I need to have some kind of a qualification. So that's how in 2000, I came to the U.S. as a student and, you know, I, I got a degree in information systems and then all my experience, my background from India back then didn't matter that I had run businesses, that I had done things didn't matter. And I had to start from scratch. It was as though I was like a fresher out of college starting from scratch. And I took the the most basic job I could find. Uh, And, you know, this was right after 9-11. I I wasn't even sure I would get a job with 9-11 happening. Um, And finally I did. And I started as a business analyst and I started in something called benefits administration. I had no clue what benefits were until I got in there you know and i'm like okay what are benefits why are people given benefits what's a health plan what's insurance what's hmos what's providers what's payers that's where i started my career so i started figuring all that out after i was out of school because you never learn such things in school you don't learn it in real life and then i i you know started figuring things out myself and then i grew within that benefits admin space and then i uh, figured out pretty quickly that hey If I'm going to do well in this space, I got to expand my horizon. So I started learning everything there is to healthcare. Healthcare in the U.S., healthcare in India, what's going on in Europe. All of that, I started self-educating myself. And then 2011, what I did is, if I've got to do something at scale, I got to be recognized. If I've got to be recognized, I got to do something that an average Joe won't be doing. So what I started doing is... I started spending time on researching about different different aspects of healthcare, and um, it, this would be my own research. Like you know, my very first article, if I remember, it's called uh, "East or West: Where Is Healthcare the Best?" You know, I, 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 I you know this was a thought in my head, and I'm like, okay, let me spend some time researching. So I spent about two weeks researching stuff, and then I I gathered everything, factual data, everything, and then I said, okay. Now I got to tell myself if I have understood this or not. So I started writing it down, all the stuff that was in my head. I started writing it down. Soon it became like a five or six-page essay, where I had basically said, "Okay, in the U.S. healthcare is like this. In the in Europe it's like this. In Canada it's like this. In Asia it's like this. In India it's here. These, you know, these are the figures, facts and figures from a GDP standpoint. And uh, you know, hey, India is probably ten years behind." the U.S. because insurance was just coming in there. I did all that stuff. And then, you know, it basically reiterated back to me that I understood what I was researching. And then the next best thing was to publish. So I started looking around for somebody who would be interested in publishing. There were a few digital magazines that I reached out to, you know, a lot of no's like you generally go through. But then some one fine day, some guy reached out and said, hey, I'm, I'm willing to publish that. And that's where I started publishing stuff. So I made it a a constant effort in writing. I started blogging on one side, I started writing articles, I started getting published. And before you knew, you know, when you have about half a dozen articles out there, you know, you are the next expert (laughs) in the field. You know, that's how things work. And then I started getting calls uh, from, you know, different groups and different conferences to come and speak. And, uh, you know, as a part of the companies that I worked with, I started representing them uh, in different conferences related to healthcare, the way I would go and speak. And then I started spending more time in startups. What's going on in the startup space, in in India, in China, in in the U.S. And then I started getting invited over there as well. And and one of the things I've done consciously throughout my career is I spent time on the technology end, the back end. I was hands-on on technology. Once I spent a couple of years there, I decided I wanted to get to be client-facing. So I started looking for my next role where I would be a client service manager or a client relationship manager. I did that. Once I spent a few years doing that front-end stuff, I said, okay, now I got to get into up running operations, P&L administration. So that was my next role. I found that role. And then I said, okay. So I basically started, uh, then I went after sales. I went after product management. I started designing products, building new products. And then I went after Uh, you know, government sales, all kinds of stuff. But the the point being, I wanted to create myself as a well-rounded personality from a career standpoint who understood everything there is to a career, you know, sales, marketing, business development, client relationship management, product development, technology, operations, you know, implementations, everything. So that, you know, basically grooming myself to take on greater and greater roles. That's how I, I went through the process of climbing the ladder. And as a result of all this, it, it, I think it's helped me immensely in my career too. So today, if I'm doing sales, and if somebody from operations stands up and says, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't operate to that or we can't build that, you know, I can see through it because I've been there, I've, I've done that. So I can tell them exactly how it can be done. So, so you know, a lot of people think that sales is smoke and mirrors. Um, you know, I don't. I have. Uh, you know, I can make sure that it's no longer just that.
0: Absolutely, man. I, I think you have said it perfectly, and I hundred percent agree with everything you said. It's like you know, when I was doing my own business thing, you know, photography business and other businesses, whatever. When you get down to the level where you know exactly what steps you need to do. And then later on, let's say a year or two from now, somebody else comes to your business, like, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to do that. You could tell that particular individual with 100% confidence. I know it works because I have done it and I found success in it. So speaking of success, and I know you at this point are very successful in terms of business and growth and everything else. So according to you, in business, what are four important things a person absolutely have to focus on in order for that particular business to be successful?
1: So one, like you said, right, sales is, is a key. You need to know how to sell. You know, you, you, it's not, we're, we don't live in a world where you build it and they will come. You know, you gotta build it and you gotta bring them in. So that's important. The other aspect of it, I I would say, is you also need to make sure that you understand that whole decision making process that I talked about. You know, you got to be a quick decision master. Don't worry about whether it's right or wrong. You will always have a limited set of information. I'm sorry, hold on a second. You will always have a limited set of information, and you got to be able to take action based on that. So don't sit and wait for getting a full picture before you make a decision. If you want to grow your career, if you want to take on running an organization or doing something at that executive level, decision making and having that knack of making those right decisions is going to be key in everything that you do. The third thing that I would do, I would say is chasing the money, chasing the dollar, you know, whether as... Someone who's trying to grow the company, there's, there's two ways to talk about it, right? One is growing your footprint in whatever you're trying to sell. The other one is you will need investments into your business if you're looking for exponential growth from time to time. So being open to ensuring that you always know where your next tranche of cash is going to come from. From an investment standpoint, I think that's key. A lot of companies actually get squeezed in and die out because of the cash flow problems, because they're unable to maintain their opex as well as they should. So you should always be out there, you know, looking for investors or investments to come in based on your growth story. That's important, and that's a you know that's a personal thing. There are companies, for instance, companies like Mailchimp, for instance. You know, they took it easy in terms of, they decided, okay, we're gonna grow slow. We're still gonna become a multi-billion dollar company, but we'll take our time getting there without taking external money. And then you have other companies out there who are all about, okay, where do I get a, you know, a 10 million or a hundred million dollar check so that I can blow this thing out very quickly over the next five years. So it depends on what you're going after, but it's important to get that messaging out there Saying that you exist, you're in a certain business line, and you're open for whatever partnerships, whether on the financial side, whether on the product side, or however you can grow your company. And then the last thing I would say is you cannot grow a company in silos, you cannot grow behind closed doors. You have to network. You you know, the more you help others, the more you get helped. So, network with other companies, network with you know, complementary partners that you can get together where it's a win-win, where, you know, you could tap into their clientele, they could tap into your clientele and together you all grow. So always be out there networking, always be out there talking about your product and services and you become the biggest spokesperson for who you are and what you represent.
0: That's a great advice and I love it. And I absolutely love it. And one thing I have is speaking of networking, right? When you go out and network with other people, obviously you need to like, for example, I come to you and I'll tell you a little bit about myself and so on and so forth, and what product and services that I represent. But if somebody who's a little introvert and because you have had extensive years and years of uh, sales experience, can you give that individual a script writing advice like hey you should do you should make sure when you do your 30 second elevator pitch you should make sure you include x y and z absolutely so i think one
1: of the biggest lessons anyone can learn is that business is about giving about serving it's not about getting a lot of people look at it from the standpoint of okay You know, you get introduced to somebody, you're already, your wheels are churning in terms of saying, okay, well, what is is this guy? What does he represents? What's behind him? And how does that benefit me? That's how generally people think. But I think what's important is to go through the same process. What is this guy? What's he about? Or what is this, you know, uh, what's behind him? And how do, what do I have that will serve him? Right? That's the thought process you should have if you approach you know you might be an introvert but approach from the standpoint of how do i provide value in a conversation whether it's a half an hour conversation or a 30 second conversation what is it that i have that i can offer up without expecting anything in return do i have something like that and i think we all do and that's what we should we should keep ready and handy in order to offer up for free because if you're able to do that without really expecting anything i guarantee you It'll come back manifold to you. it might not happen today, it might not happen tomorrow, but you know life has a way of bringing it back a full circle right here you know i don 't know about heaven or hell, but everything happens right here so if you if you trust that process then and if you focus just on giving and serving to you to the best of your abilities it'll come back to you and so so take it from the approach of Don't think about how do I grow my company. Don't think about, you know, if I talk to this guy, what do I get? Versus this guy, you know, I really can't get anything from him, so I'm not even going to bother talking. But go from the standpoint of how can I help him? You know, or how can I find out what his challenge is or her challenge is, and then how can I help them? If you take that approach, it becomes much more easier for you, one, to offer something up. Two, even if you're an introvert, since you're thinking about it from the standpoint of giving what happens is you end up in a place where you're most comfortable, which is your knowledge zone, your sphere of influence. So it becomes easy for you to have that interaction.
0: Awesome advice. Love it, man. I'm loving all this. This is like, truly being insightful conversation with you, I love it. And this is just for my own personal reference now, like what is the, the number one thing that you absolutely love about your life right now? I think I'm very
1: thankful for my family. Um, I'm very thankful for my family and friends right now. I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, we're all getting to stay home, Uh, you know, not really having to step out uh, for one reason or the other. I'm thankful my parents are safe uh, back in India. Um, You know, we are living in one of the most challenging of times and I'm sure um, everyone is stressed out. And, I, and everybody's stress level is at different uh, different levels, right? There are people in essential services who have to show up at work. And then there are people who have lost jobs and who are trying to figure out how to make ends meet. So from that standpoint, I'm I'm just, I feel so blessed uh, to be able to still continue to focus on my work as well as uh, things that I want to do like this conversation that we're having.
0: Right, so what happened if, let me ask you this. Do you help individuals who lost their job? Can you help them get some kind of a passive income via your program? Is that something you offer or can do?
1: Absolutely. So, there are a couple of things that I do, right? So, I basically look at what is it, I take stock of my skill set. So, if I were to talk about my skill set, One is on the professional side of things within the healthcare space and things that I do. So obviously there's a network of people that I talk to. There's a network of people that I am engaged with. And, you know, I continue to help people on LinkedIn, people that reach out for whether they're looking for the next job or the next position. I have people all the time calling about their own career enhancement. Like, you know, the other day I spoke to a doctor who works, with a, uh, who works with the government healthcare services side. And he was looking at how do I expand my influence or my footprint into doing other things. And, you know, we spent some time looking at his resume and then giving him some tips as to what he could focus on. At the same time on the, one of the other things that I do is at points in time, I've actually taught uh, students. You know, I've actually, uh, I have taught MBA students, various MBA courses, and MBA programs that I've taken. Other than that, you know, from a job specific career related courses, there are things like uh, uh, business analysis is one. There's also project management. These are things that I've I've taught at uh, different points in my career. So I've actually created courses around them and I've got them out there online where I'm, uh, you know, I offer them up to people. Let's say somebody is Has is looking to change a career or they have no idea what business analysis is about and they want to get engaged. So it's like a 21 hour program that they could get through the program and then they will get all the knowledge that they need to get. They have a few assignments and they also get to do an entire project end to end so that they come out equipped with the knowledge as well as some practical experience of applying for that next job. Other than that, you know, I have a podcasting course where I teach people how to create a podcast, how to ideate, create, launch, and monetize a podcast. And then uh, on the personal side of things, on the personal growth side of things, one of the things is I do coach people, you know, a lot of one-on-ones or uh, group sessions where I have two signature programs. One of them is called Plan B Success Reveal, so, which is about personal clarity, which is about digging deeper in different one-on-one sessions with people to figure out who they truly are, you know, what do they truly want to do and taking off layers. So to provide them clarity around their own purpose in life, their passion in life, where they want to go and what do they want to do? And then based on that, based on the outcome on that program, I have another program called the plan B success blueprint program where we create a plan together, for them to start from step 1 all the way to going and achieving what they want to do in terms of whether it's starting a business or whether it's starting a, a podcasting program or being an author or you know whatever they want to do in terms of building something of value and then finally monetizing it so those are the two programs that kind of go hand in hand where i help people take stock of their skill set take stock of their talents and then apply it to their own benefit.
0: Awesome advice, man. So where can people actually go find out more information about those particular products?
1: Well, my website, com. you know, uh, it's dot acom So that's where people can go and find everything about me. It also hosts a lot of the, uh, my podcast episodes out there my blogs and articles are out there my courses are out there and these programs that i'm talking about are also out there that they can go check them out and then they can get in touch
0: awesome so last thing i want to ask you before we uh, sign off here is like one advice you can give a beginner podcaster who is looking to take his podcast career to the next level
1: so for someone who's into podcasting, let's say they've started it out. There are two things that are most important. One is perseverance. So whether you get, you know, if you've launched your podcast, you've, let's say you've got about a half a dozen episodes out there and you see numbers trickling in one, two, five, 10, don't get discouraged. That's where everybody begins. So have the patience to not get discouraged. And second thing is consistency. The only ones who come out successful in podcasting are the ones that are consistent in what they do, in the quality of their work, in the quantity of their work, in the kind of work that they do. If you're a podcaster who's producing one episode a week, or three episodes a week, or five episodes a week, it's a lot of work. We all get that. But make sure that you truly, honestly put in the time and energy in finding your content, creating your content, you know, distilling your ideas and putting it out there very diligently on time, every single week. Sometimes you're not going to feel like it. Sometimes you're just too lazy. Sometimes you're like, I don't have any ideas. That's not the time to give up. You you have to be strict with yourself as far as consistency is concerned. So persistence and consistency, if you can keep up with this, success will come finding you.
0: Awesome advice, man. I think I couldn't have said it better myself. Those two things are definitely key to success and also keys to taking your business to the next level. And Rajiv, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule, being here, talking to me, helping my audiences out. And thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. And I much, much appreciate it. And I always like to leave the last part of this episode. The floor is all yours so you can share anything you want promote anything you want whatever you want to say the floor is all yours thank you so much
1: i think one of the things that we missed out on is uh, you know i did write a book last year it's called my inspiration quotes that shape my self-improvement journey it's out on amazon and it's basically a collection of 700 plus quotes that i put together over a period of five years and the way i like to look at that book is you could read it from left to right or right to left. Doesn't matter. You open up a page and read the quote. And whatever challenge you're going through life, you know, I would think that that quote would have an answer for you so long as you're able to read it. So it's a great book for those that want to check it out. It's out there on Amazon.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you, Srajeev. Thank you.